Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Divine Synergies. I'm going to talk to Mike Watts today about masculine and feminine energy. Welcome, Mike Watts. Thank you. Thanks for having me. People in the world. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, I'll just give a little intro. Um, I worked with Mike Watts. He is a gifted, brilliant coach. And I needed, uh, I'm not a linear person. I needed someone who would understand that I'm creative and inexplicable <laughs> at times about God, certain like things. And um, my life reflects your guidance in so many ways in my family life, in my professional life. Uh, common sense. I needed that common sense Midwestern spirit. And it's just, it's still, I mean, I check things against what I learned from you all the time. Hmm. So thank you. And, you're and I welcome. Want to share you with the people that listen to me because you're kind of a, to me in my mindset, a masculine energy um, version of the work that, that I'm doing. Um, yeah. Our friend, um, Sarah Jenks, who was also a client of mine for a number of years, she said to me that because I was asking, she said she had a strategy for me. So she was just leaving me a boxer and she, to, to kind of put it in a sentence, what you said, she said, Mike, you really bring masculine systems to feminine business owners. So they have the container they need to bring their magic to the world. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know? So that was her reflection towards me. And it kind of sums up exactly what you're saying. So I yes. appreciate that. In, in a much more articulate way. That's exactly, exactly yeah. how I feel. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. And, um, and you work like I do with Voxer. You taught me that that's okay because I would, I was constantly wanting to use certain modes and it would be like, can I do this? This is how it works for me. How do I do this? And you were like, yeah, you know, and we, we worked on Voxer and it's awesome. I love Voxer. So you just like opened up a whole world to me. Oh, that's great. You really did. So I. I want to talk about masculine and feminine energy with you in a feminine way where it just goes anywhere. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's do it. So first I want to hear about your experiment with men. Cause I know Oliver knew a little bit about it, even though he wasn't available. Like what, what happened? What are you interested in creating around that? Are you still working on it? Tell me everything. Yeah. So I'm not. Um, I did a experiment. What happened was, is I, I've been consulting for business owners for a number of years now. And 95% of the people I've worked with are all women. So I ended up having two, three clients before the summer of 2022. And I was just like, things were not going well. And they were going fine, but they weren't going the, I just didn't feel in the mid, like, it's just like, I didn't feel connected to what I was doing. And you were this, I, you were there, but that wasn't, didn't have anything to do with you. And just so I know, cause I just named a date and you're probably like, that was me. And so, <laughs> um, <okay. laughs> and it was, yeah. And so I was just like, okay, well, how do I, and I live with, I lived at the time with four women and I'm just like always around women. I'm not complaining about it. It sounds like I'm complaining about it. But I'm just like, I was like, how do I be around more men? Like, why don't I just work with men? And so I started doing a lot of men's work and I have for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's 
working on myself. And so I decided to, okay, well, let's pivot and I'll help men because I'm learning all these things and I'm having conversations with men about this, but what if I create a business around it? And the downside of being an entrepreneur and having good business ideas and learning how to kind of make money out of nothing in a way, because that's what you know business owners do and entrepreneurs is that you <clears throat> think everything has to be about money. And so instead of me actually just bringing a group of men together, I tried to structure it and I had interest and I did a webinar which is something I haven't done in a long time um, because I've been doing a lot of the behind the scenes work on our company. And I ran a, I ran a whole thing and uh, I had zero interest, like zero signups. And so I was like, okay, well, I had, you know, like 15 dudes. I had five people on the webinar, five or six people on the webinar and nothing. And I was like, okay, like this is a big sign. If for me, what the metric is working or not is, are you making a sale? It's very simple. It's either a yes or no. There's no emotion behind it. Like it's very like there's a sale one and it's very, there's sale zero, right? And so it's very simple, like to figure out if what you're doing is working or not. So I was like, all right, there's something to this. And then we went away for the summer and I just decided to like take the summer off and all my client work ended at the beginning of the summer. And yeah, and then I tried to promote and do this. I was going to do the men's work during the summer and nothing happened. And then lo and behold, kind of our company blew up in the middle of the summer. So then I had to come back in and help it rebuild it. And that takes us to the present moment where we're at. Um, we're in the middle of the launch as we're speaking about this right now, which is super exciting. And it kind of just pivoted into this place where Kate and I are doing a VIP upgrade for what the middle of the launch we're doing. And it's going to be kind of talking a lot about the stuff that I was going to in the men's program, but that's, there's going to be a lot of women in that program as well. There will be couples that are going through at the same time, but it's about money and our relationship to money and what that looks like as a VIP upgrade option. So, and it was, you know, everything works out for a reason uh, for specific like guidance, right? As, as we go along and it's almost where I like shut down client work, had this offer that did nothing. And then the company kind of went through this trans massive transition, which I won't get into too much here because it's a lot of private stuff. Um, and, but we're rebuilding like our business and it's great. And it's like, we're simplifying things where things are slowing down. Kate and I are reconnecting. Um, I had, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And in the meantime of all this, September and October were probably two of the best months of my life, uh, my adult life, hands down. And then I got hit by a car and broke my leg. So um, the, the day that we were supposed to do a podcast, I think. Uh, I, I think it was either the day or it was um, October 25th. So was that originally scheduled? It was, um, it was either on or around that day, but I was like, whoa, yeah. 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 And, and so you're now recovering from knee surgery? Yeah, well, I broke my leg. I broke the top of my tibia. So where your tibia comes into your knee, right? Because your knee is kind of made up of all these, I'm no anatomy body expert, but your knee's made up of these ligaments and tendons and like where your bone, your fit femur, which is a giant bone in your upper leg. And then your tibia comes together. Right. And then you have your patella, which kind of holds it all in place and protects it all. And what the top of my tibia coming into my knee socket, it's called a tibia plateau fracture. Um, when I got hit by the car, it hit me right in the knee and bent my knee inward. So my lower leg was sticking out and, uh, yeah, so I'm recovering. I have two surgeries. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had two, you should see the pictures. 
Um, I had two surgeries and I was in the hospital for eight days, two surgeries. One was to straighten my leg out and they had to wait for the swelling to go down. And, um, the second one was to actually fix the bone. So they put a plate and eight screws in and now I have a infection in my incision area. So Ooh. yeah, so that's, what's going down. Ooh, sorry to hear that. Thanks. It doesn't really bother me. Everybody else is freaking out about it, but okay, good. My physical therapist is like, you got to get that looked at. You know, I sent photos to the surgeon today. I was like, this is going on. Is this the problem? They're like, we're going to give you antibiotics. Then my DO is like, just put a paste on it. So I'm like, this is, you know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you try the paste, you know, maybe like. Yeah, you, you try it. I mean, it's been happening since Monday and not really getting better. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So uh, that's what's going down. That was the experiment. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. Well, first I just want to say, and to anybody who's not aware, um, Mike is married to Kate Northrup and she wrote a book called money, a love story, which I read, uh, when I was first married, I remember, and it's, and I, I remember it very well. So I, and the program that you're talking about is, uh, teaching that book again, correct. Or it's interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, life is interesting and it's, it's, you know, how in politician commercials, they always pull like stuff from 20, you know, like 10 years ago, right. Around the, like when the gay rights bill was being passed, it was like, Hillary said, gay people, you know, gay people should be married. They like pull all this information like Barack and they pull all this crap right from the back. And so it's like, they might've said that 10 to 15 years ago. And so now it's like their beliefs might change, but we don't allow people to change in a way. I don't want to get all political here. Cause like I said, two Democrats, so we can say the th- same thing about Republicans people. So it's like I, to keep, but that was just an example. Cause it's used as ammunition all the time. So she wrote this book in 2013. I mean, this was before we had kids. This is before she, before her husband got sick and broken bones for four years. Right. And so she was kind of the sole breadwinner for everything that was happening here while I've been healing and off and on for four years. And so a lot has changed. Right. And we, we produced a course back in the day called the money love course. And so, and Kate's been diving in really big, deep into the nervous system work with her second book called do less, right. A time and energy management for women in the world. And so what's been fascinating now is that we put a new course together kind of combining the two of those called relaxed money and so she's basically combining the two of those and last night she goes oh I think I know I'd have to write about my book is like the nervous system and money and how it's all connected right like so the second chakra money sex and power how it all relates it's all there it's all together and so like if we if we're not in charge of our money like are we in charge of our power are we in charge of our sex world right and like our sex life our sexuality not just like having sex with somebody else, but like our sexuality, how do we see ourselves, the sensuality, the intimacy, what does that look like? And so that's what this course is about. It's like bringing these 14 different areas that she's there. And it's been fascinating to be at the place that we're at now because so much healing has taken place between the two of us. And so like the video she's using to promote this thing it's amazing, right? Like to watch my wife like light up in mm. this way to get this power. Cause I mean, it's like, she's doing a burlesque show in a, like, it's just that energy of burlesque show for coming across in the sales videos and the training and just like the sales page and her, this it's like, that's her vibe. And at the core, that's how I know she has been 
And it's really who she is versus a lot of times online, we see this a show is put on in a way. And obviously a show is always put on more, you know, get dressed, et cetera. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's like the where, what we have gone through as a couple, what she's gone through, what we've gone through as a business owner, bringing it into the present moment around money and like central central nervous system healing, et cetera. And with couples, it's a big thing. You know what it makes me think? Yeah, it is a big thing with couples. And I I was actually just going to say, you know, oftentimes marital counseling and couples counseling comes with an inventory of the finances, because a lot of times if you just do a forensic data look, you'll start to see where the patterns of energy are, and then you can start to heal emotional and behavioral stuff. And it's really interesting when you brought up that component of the central nervous system, we're in such a breakdown in our present day culture in this country and globally. And so much of it has to do with an inventory of where money goes and what money does, especially that what we as taxpayers pay for and all, you know, we could go on and on, but it's like, it's really happening. Um, nationally, globally, there's an inventory going on. People are going, wait a minute, this, this thing that I thought was this is, I I no longer value that, or I no longer support that. And so it's really interesting that you're doing this at this time, because Mm -hmm. I I think it is profound and it's, it is a, a necessary healing on a lot of levels, not just in the personal life, but in terms of like place in, in our culture. Um, can you talk a little bit about how much masculine and feminine energy comes up with you two as business owners and what you're doing? And are you, do you find yourselves using, um, languages attached to masculine and feminine energies? Uh, language or specific behaviors in order to find harmony or are you pretty my hunch is that you're pretty intuitive about it and it's just happened because you've done this for so long but I'm curious how much is conscious deliberate choice from your knowledge of masculine and feminine energy we are not um walking around um saying like, this is my masculine energy. This is my feminine energy. Right. So good. I, I don't recommend that. No, no. I mean, the course. Yeah. 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 I'm following. I mean, money but, love story that I read when I read that book, yeah. it talked about Dr. Pat Allen in that book. Yeah. So, which I remember really well, I was like, Oh, I just hooked it. Cause I was literally seeing Dr. Pat at that time and learning everything that I'm now teaching. So I'm just, I know that she, at least she has been privy to the language and behavioral suggestions that Dr. Pat teaches. So I'm just curious how much of that has survived along this path that you've been on with her for all this time. Um, I mean, it's kind of like been our whole dynamic and relationship. And I think, you know, we teach what we need to learn. So the dynamic of Kate actually doing what she's doing and also me supporting her in this because a lot of times in the circle, as I've worked with a lot of women, you know, high powered, big achieving women who are entrepreneurs like yourself is that they are running the companies, they're running the businesses and they're taking care of everything that still needs to be done at home. And so a lot of times the men in this, um, 
so the men in this dynamic are a little confused like it's like how do we show up we were not taught as men to we're taught to like rule the kingdom right it's like look who's all over the news right now is like the liver king right is right now i don't even know if you know who the liver king is i if do you don't know who the liver king is go look up the liver king right i, I know and so this and then like andrew tate and like these guys that are they're they have a very bombastic approach like and so you get this place and we have to pause sorry can i can i start over and answer that question yeah totally okay my nanny is texting me and they just called me and like I, I knew this was going to happen. I meant to there's like a that. demonstration of what you're talking about happening live. Yeah, it's happening. And so just one second. Okay. Sure. Take your time. Okay. Go so to answer your question, just keep going is like, that is how our relationship has. And then my knee is doing some weird. This is it's like a whole such a mess right now, but it's basically how our relationship dynamic has existed is because when I was sick all the time, like, Kate as like the masculine container, I was injured, right? And I was down and out. So now all of a sudden, like this all also, there's an underlying thing here of all of our childhood programming that exists. I'm not a therapist. I've just learned a lot about myself and I can communicate this. So we're clear, but like our childhood influences how we are as adults, right? And then we keep repeating those patterns over and over again of all the wounds that we had when we were a kid. So my wound is that I'll never be enough. Right? I'm not seen for who I am. I'm never going to be able to deliver um, anything quality. So when I write, I'm very self-conscious that it's never going to be good enough. right? And so I'm never there. Kate's wound is the fact that she'll never have the support. She'll never be supported. She'll never be seen. So these dynamics play into each other. And then we create these like constant circles. And then we get in like arguments or fights or however we drop back into these patterns. right? So when I'm sick, Kate's like, I'm not going to be supported. And then all I want is somebody to help me with stuff, right? Because I'm like, have a broken leg and can't get out of bed. And then I'm like, I'm not going to be seen. Like somebody needs to, hello, hello, like five, five-year-old Mike's like, hi, I'm here, right? And so then I'm not asking for it either or being clear on what I want. And then we fall back into these old habits and patterns. And so I think what's happened with Kate and what I was referring to earlier before this call um, this dynamic of being a man representing these high achieving women and these big supporting women. I just had a call with a friend of ours and she's in the middle of a launch right now. And so she just said, like, or she ended a relationship with this guy and we went this whole dynamic. But what happens is we're not taught this, right? Like be the man, show up, follow these tenets, you know, lie about what we're doing and treat women like with a little bit of respect, but not too much respect because we don't want them to take advantage of us. And then we become in, we become like, you know, beta men and we can't show up and like all this bullshit. Right. And so we get into this dynamic of listening to these, like the man circle or like the alpha male circle. And they're like, well, I don't want to be like that. Like, I don't want to be like liver King with a long beard, walk around with their shirt on and super masculine and like carries plates of raw meat right? Like no interest in that. So it's like, if I'm not that, then who am I? And it's like, well, I don't want to be a person that's a burning man all the time. And like taking my shirt off and wearing these weird outfits. And so like, if that's not me, is that like liver King might call them beta men, right? And so all this dynamic. So this is constantly going on in our relationship. And so for me, it's to understand, like, if I'm comfortable and confident with myself, if I know where I'm at, 
Kate feel supported. Like in this launch that we're in the middle of right now, when I came back into working with her on a day-to-day basis, she feels very supported. Mm-hmm. And so she hasn't told me that until two days ago. She was telling our friend that she's like, God, I think our, com- our launch is like, our launch numbers are out of control. Like I have no idea where this stuff's come from. We've had like three or four pretty rough years in business wise. And now our launches are like, we just have, we've had over 10,000 people registered. We haven't had numbers like this ever. Like this is probably wow. the biggest registration we've had for anything that we've ever done. That makes and, sense to me. Cause this book is like foundational to my perception of Kate. Um, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I want to comment on a couple of things really quick before you continue. Um, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about with these big alpha males. Okay, bef- hold on. Yeah. I just want to finish this because this is very important Okay, is what happened was, is two days ago in the, in a process where I feel like I've never seen, she was talking to our friend that said, she goes, I think this launch is going so well because of Mike being here to help. And she was like, have you told Mike that? So she walks in the room and I'm sitting in my, I we rented this recliner because I have a, you know, the broken leg. And so I'm sitting in my recliner working and it's like so uncomfortable and and she's like, I just really appreciate you for being here and helping me and supporting me. And I was like, and like, we had a small cry and like, we ended up like moving on, but it's like, I don't want to, you know, sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's very important because just that moment is like Kate's honoring herself to be supported and then honoring me for like, I'm being seen. And so in that moment, like it's that poster behind you that I always point out every time we talk, it's like, that was that, that was that dynamic that was happening in that moment. We came together even all the crap we've been through in the last like four years and all the stuff we've done and the work we've done. It's like that moment was like one of those things that allows, it just builds a little bit, like going to the gym is building a little muscle. And it's like, great. The way that we're doing this, we don't have to repeat the past patterns. My question to you before I point something out is, did you need that that day? Mm. No, I needed it yesterday. Um, <laughs> this is my, what I, this yeah, is what I would say, I, I would say I always need it, okay, but I don't know of course. that I, mean, I humans, humans need acknowledgement, yeah. but were you in a particular no. hot state of, right. So, and this is what I teach. And I, I teach what's called the divine paradigm, which is like going to your higher power, going to God for what you really need and realizing when you're looking to a fallible human being to fill you. It's really hard, but I, I what I'm, what I teach is within that context of God, the relationship, and then two people. Cause if you over rely on getting something that you need from another person, it's just, it drains you, it drains yeah. the other person. But so I'm just, and, and I, I often notice in myself and people I teach that the, the answers come when you don't need them anymore. The acknowledgement comes when you don't need it anymore. And so it's like, if you go to the beach and ask God to help you before you're going to your spouse, a lot of times it can be really fulfilling because it's like gravy. It's like, thanks for, you know, she's like, whoa, I'm really noticing your support. Thank you. And you're like, whoa, I'm really noticing. It's nice to hear it, but it's not this like, you know, piping hot need. The other thing I want to mention that you talked about is um, you were mentioning that toxic, that hyper-masculine thing. And um, I, all I know is who the liver king is. I, I haven't paid much attention to him. I call all of this culture capture. I, there's all of this black and white thinking and all these, like you have two options, you have two impossible options and you're done. 
all over the place we see this. And so that's the other thing that I'm teaching. I'm trying to sort of sneak nuance back into the culture. I do believe in the power of respect mm-hmm. for men. And I do believe in the power of being cherished for a woman. I also believe that those are energies regardless of gender. So this, you know, this is totally expansive. It's beyond the body that you happen to land in. It's a soul situation. So um, I just want to point that out because I think that 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 is a trap for so many men. It is. And it's ultimately eroding their masculine instinct. You know, Dr. Pat teaches that the only time you can, you know, it's okay to ask a masculine leader how he feels regularly is if he's sick. So if you guys had built in flow, you know, and she's asking you what you think and she's following your lead and she's being feminine and flowing and attracting all of the, these people that um, desire her support. And then that, you know, your illness took you out and these injuries have taken you out. And it's like, wait a minute, I don't know how to ask you how you feel. I don't know. I don't know how to care for you. You know, it's actually a testament to the support that you had already been giving her. And I get the same way because we are, you know, you're similar to my husband and have similar interests and stuff too, and active out on the mountain bike. And so when he, I'm retiring. (laughs) Are you? Yeah, I'm serious. I'm done. He, he, the last thing he said to me before I came back here was, you know, give him my regards. And I know he's curious. Are you, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm retired. I'm done. Yeah. I just, I, um, I love mountain biking and I love riding my bike and I wasn't mountain biking. I actually sold my mountain bike before the accident and I got a hybrid bike around the road and yeah, I cried a lot about it when I was in the hospital for eight days because it was like grief. And uh, it's hard for me to talk about right now. But yeah, it's basically like, I was like, I have been through so much pain because of this one thing. And I think it's different if, you know, I just turned 40 in September. And so it also is like midlife starting this next, this next 20 years. And somebody told me once is like zero to 20 is you're kind of like learning things 20 to 40, you're learning like life you're learning about life like zero to 20 you're just like messing around and then 40 to 60 you implement if you do all the work between 20 to 40 you're starting to really input and have an impact and like this is where your big money making years is like 40 to 60 everybody thinks it's 20 to 40 but it's really 40 to 60 and then 60 on is you're helping people right in this other way and so i just was like had a lot of conversation was like what has it been like for me to be on a bike and I've had a lot of injuries from bikes, from riding bikes, a lot, broken ribs, broken leg, broken kneecap, like, you know, threw my back out, just arms, soreness, you know, rehab, like so much. And I was like, I just don't need to do this anymore. And I was like, what's the way, maybe it's riding on the street and road bike. And I'm like, I just did that and got hit by a car on my first day, right? It's like the first ride on this new bike. And I was like, I don't know. The universe is giving me signs. So why don't I follow them for a little bit? It doesn't mean I'm like done forever, but like in the, in the next couple of years, like just maybe a beach cruiser on the beach and that's it. Well, yeah, you're you're actually talking about a very um, emotionally mature masculine leadership concept, which is cost evaluation of cost. And 
And, and the, and for a masculine leader with a family, it's the cost to all. And so that's sometimes that's far more gratifying than the ride. Um, It is possible to balance all of that. I mean, I had a conversation with Gabby Reese on my old podcast and it was, it really gave me a lot of context and expanded thought around it and forgiveness for my husband's passions. And I also had to consider that she's talking about a professional person. That's all. I'm not professional, right? right. Like there's nothing about me. That's like making money from riding bikes. If I was had a career where I'm like a career surfer and it's like, I, you know, Laird Hamilton is a different beast, right? Like he is part of the water. And I feel like, you know, if that was my thing where it's like every day I needed to do this, I need to get up and that was it. Like, that's a different story. But like, this is a hobby and a thing that I like to do. I can find something else, right? And I'm I'm not doing it out of like fear because like we could, as I got hit by, right? You walk at the whole phrase, you walk outside, get hit by a bus, right? It's like, no, I got hit by a car. So I did that. And so it's, it's more just because I'm not afraid, like dying is not something I'm afraid of, but it's kind of like a risk reward situation. And if I lived in Maine, it's a different story than living in the downtown Miami. Yeah. Downtown Miami is way more of an issue of riding a bike than living in Maine. For sure. Also, like I can walk 15 minutes to my office and enjoy that walk versus riding in five minutes. There is a spectrum too. Like when we, when we first got married, my husband used to ride his motorcycle to work. I, I could not stand it. Um, then, you know, he doesn't go on the freeway. It's like, okay, no freeway. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm doing it this way. I don't think he has a desire to ride his motorcycle in town anymore or all the way to downtown LA. Um, it never really came up. I prayed about it. It was like, I, this is an uncomfortable entire day of like, okay, he's at work. Okay. Now I have to, you know, it was my, but it was also my stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of really good direction around it too. And, um, and I handled it in the way that I did. And then it's like, if that, it's like the incline gets higher, the stakes get higher, the path gets narrower, there's fewer people on it. It's all that stuff of growing old, you know, gracefully and aging well. So it's like, yeah, it might look different. It might change. You might reintroduce something that brings you even more joy that's safer. And that's a lower cost to you yourself and, and all your loved ones. And like, to me, it just sounds like a demonstration of legit masculine leadership, Mike Watts. Thanks. As much as it's hard and full of grief, I'm sure. It's just like life goes on. Life goes it's on. It's like, what do I, what do I, I went to Joe Dispenza event for seven days in September. And like a lot, the whole way I look at the world changed a lot. You know, it's just like this whole liver king thing, right? he like pronounces these nine tenets and he lives by these nine tenets. And then he got asked a million times on podcast and do you do steroids? And he said, no. And then all the bull, all the shit came out that he does steroids. Right. And so now he's just lying, but he still, it doesn't mean the nine tenets aren't valuable. It just means this dude is lying about, right. And so what else is he lying about? That's all my question. And it was all for a show. Right. And so it's like, where's the reality? Where's the realness behind this character called the liver King? Like, where's Brian Johnson? And like the liver king 
and anything that we see is like it's a short-term boost it's like the male orgasm versus the female orgasm right it's like boom 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 quick done you know and that's like what the liver king was and then what happened he was exposed and so it doesn't mean that people won't stop following him it doesn't mean that he won't he, what he's saying is not valuable and then but it's just like it's not long-term thinking and so for me I think this year after going to Joe Dispenza, it really helped me change my train of thought about, <laughs> it's going to sound very, I think it's nihilistic. Is that the way it's like, none of this really matters, right? Like <laughs> I'm going to die, right? Like we're all here to die. What happens after that? We all have these ideas, but none of us really know, you know? And so it's like, we're all told these things, but like, we don't know. We don't know until we experience what it's there. I mean, some people here might, right? But like, for me, I'm just like, okay, well, keep working on my stuff that it doesn't allow me to be, think I'm limited. Like, how do I fully show up for everyone? Like yesterday I was like annoyed at the kids and called Penelope annoying two days ago or something. And then I was like, that's not very nice. She's seven, right? <laughs> she's getting into this phase. Her brain waves are switching from what now I'm Joe Dispenza just talked about. I just read about yesterday from like her brain waves are switching now. So she's able to like tap into what's going on. She's losing a little bit of that imagination, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Not like Ruby. I have two daughters, one's seven and one's four and a half. Ruby's four and a half. So she's really in the world of imagination and Penelope's getting to re- realist world. She's getting into what's happening here. And I told her the other day, I was like, yeah, you know, when I called you this morning, you were annoying. And she said, yeah, I was like, I didn't, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you. And that was my own stuff that's going on. And so I just realized like, okay, if I can evaluate myself on a daily basis to improve, then that's really what I'm here to do. And then one day I'll just die and then like go to the land of, you know, maybe improvement or as Joe Dispenza says, nothing and nothing's there and it's out in the blackness and the infinite and quantum and, you know, the whole thing. But I just, it's like, I took a different approach and I think it was very helpful due to, because I told you, I think when we started recording or maybe it was right before that, but like September and October were two of my best months of my life. And, you know, then I get hit by a car mm-hmm. and so now I'm in the hospital, double surgeries, broken leg, no weight bearing for three months. And like a lot of these things are, is suck, right? Like using crutches, they just suck, right? It's like being on a, you know, it's like having infection in my incision I got to deal with today. It's like sucks, but it's just like, whatever, you know, it's like my yeah. leg's still there. I'm healthy. My brain, I didn't get run over by a car. I didn't die at this moment. You know, and I can still function with my kids and we have a pretty good relationship dynamic that is existing. So I think it stops you. And I think that's, you know, it's like you're, you got stopped and it definitely stops you. Yeah. And that central nervous system thing that that keeps coming up. It's like, when you say, you know, what is this all, what does this all really matter? That kind of feeling. Um, I, I feel that too lately in a wonderful way. And I think it's the central nervous system saying, you know, coming to you or God coming to you through your central nervous system going that there is only so much, you know, there's, a, I've had so many changes in terms of my mindset in the last two years. And a lot of it was listening to viewpoints that no longer help me. Mm-hmm. It, they're totally out there. I now label some of them as fantasy. It's like, this is not helping me, but I am very grateful for the time in on a lot of that stuff because it totally helped me to, to alter my mindset and reevaluate 
my values and also give myself permission to really name what was things that were going on around me in particular in the music business. So the, the whole thing of like going, what is all this for? I think is really fruitful. I think it's actually a shedding of skin and it's moving forward because there's only, I mean, many of us are that are independent minded and entrepreneurs we're constantly seeking information. We're constantly cultivating an independent mind and looking at things from all sides. And you, you cannot take in like information constantly as a human being and without needing a break. And if you're not taking the break, sometimes like life slams the break upon you, you know, which possibly is what part of this is, you know? So it's like, I really don't think that of that as nihilistic. I, I think of it as sanity to be like, yeah, it's very you know? like you can't also, I mean, for me, I, I'm a big consumption of information. And so that is detrimental to me in a lot of ways too. I like learning. I like listening to people because then it takes me out of my own guidance, right? When I'm consuming podcasts and videos and content all the time, it takes me away from my direction. Like if, you know, writing songs, for instance, I don't write songs, but you know, it's like, if all I'm doing is listening to other people's music, when am I going to have fine time to write my own songs? And breaking that addiction is really hard. You know, it's to, to put on you. I, I got to put the freedom app on, on my phone and my computer. So I can't access YouTube or I can't access these podcast apps and, you know, really stop myself from these addictions. And that's what it is. It's like having you think of it as an addiction, really for sure. Oh, wow. Information consumption is definitely an addiction. Wow. I mean, what is an addiction? I don't know. I'm not, I'm some scientist, but I can, I have experienced it myself. Like there's withdrawal from it. Um, because if, if all I do is wake up in the morning, I'm on my phone and then I wake up in the morning, I'm listening to podcasts and, or listening to music or listening to, because you also have, then my kids are going to make tons of noise. Right. And then they go to school and I need a break. So what is that break? It could be food. It could be porn. It could be, um, you know, it's like social media. It could be all these other things. That's all information consumption. Like I'm all consuming this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then it could be listening to the radio on the, on the way to work. It could be listening to the radio on the way home from work. It could be pick your picket, right? So like if we're constantly CNN.com or foxnews.com and we're constantly consuming this, it could be Netflix, it could be YouTube. And so if all we're doing is take it in, then all day long, if I spend eight hours a day doing that, that I'm consuming eight hours a day when I could be producing something. Yes. Right. It's like at least one hour, maybe only one hour a day, right? Like all I have to do is produce 20 minutes, 20 minutes a day. I can write song after song or whatever. And so for me, I have to eliminate, I have to put up barriers around my ability to consume information. And this allows, like if we're talking about masculine feminine energy, which we were just talking about, where it's just like the structure and the barriers, the masculine energy allowing me to tap into that feminine, allowing me to tap into my, my own heart, my, the connection with God, however you want to die, the muse, like whatever you want to call it, right? It's just like for, allow, for a brief like 20 minutes. And then the resistance that comes up, I mean, Stephen Pressfield talks about this all the time in The War of Art, like highly recommend his material because it dives into this. Oh, and- wait, did you say The War of Art? Yeah, the War of Art with Stephen Pressfield, Turning Pro, and Lamont, I think, talks about this with their I big love artist, that book. The the, way. Yeah, the War of Art. I forgot about that book. That book changed my life at one point. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, Kate will sit down and she can just, she's like, I got to bust out these emails. She sits 
sits down and busts out like three emails in 45 minutes. I'd be like, okay, I got to do my opt-in, which I, I'm staring at behind like the, literally the Google doc is open behind the Zoom. And it's like covering up all this opt-in in the left corner. Like it's taken me three and a half weeks to like do my new opt-in because every time I, I'm like, ah, oh, I'll get to it. And this resistance and sits down and just like, and it's like, I know it's good, but I'm like, oh yeah, this, this, this. Like I have to really challenge myself to sit down and do it. And that whole, the way I'm even talking about it creates resistance around me even doing it. Do you want me to break that down for you according to what I teach? Sure. I mean, I'm aware of it, but yeah, go ahead. It's validating um, you as a masculine leader and her as a feminine follower because the feminine followers interior is like boom, 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 boom. Like the feeling, the sharing from the heart and email like that. A masculine leader because she's strong inside, more yin, yin outside, yang inside. You're yang outside and you're yin um, inside. So your yin is like super vulnerable when you go to do that, you know. Well, it also goes back to my childhood, not even just that. It it's, it tap, taps into the biggest, you know, the biggest trigger I have in my life is the perception of what other people are going to, am I good enough? Mm. I mean, it goes there. That's more than anything else for me. It's, it's just like, am I good enough? Because of so much other things that happened when I was a kid. Yeah. And so it's like, put things out there. Is it good enough? Is it like, right? And so it's it's not even the quantity of information to put in the world is stopped because of, am I good enough? The rejection, the fear, right? Of there versus like, I put some post up the other day that was kind of confusing. In my brain, it did not come out on to Instagram as I wanted it to. And then people like thought I was sick again based off the photos I posted. That wasn't the point. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just put a new thing out tomorrow. Like, (laughs) it's like- I'm not offending anybody. It's like, you know, people are confused. I didn't explain it very well. It's like, all right, well, I'll just do something new. You know, instead of be- being lost in the circus, like I got to correct it. I got to get it right. I got to do this. It's just like, they're going to be on, they're going to read 20 more, 20,000 more pieces of information between now and the next time I post, like they'll forget about it. You know, Oh, totally. It's so scary though. Like I'm actually doing my best at, and I share that feeling around expressing myself marketing I, I I'm always afraid that it's going to sound like whatever um lots of in, insecurities come up but I'm working on it I'm doing it I'm letting go more often I'm like sending the email out and letting it go but I have like 25 pounds on me for the first time in my life I've not ever carried excess weight except until these like recent years to to the point of where Like I see people and I'm like, what's up with that reaction to me? And then I'm like, oh, that's right. She, the last time she saw me, I was like still skinny Amy. And it's, it's really interesting. It's like, you know, it's like that super vulnerable space feels like I've, I've, I'm handling it, not handling it. I'm still somehow I have this like cover around me because I'm actually eating like an Olympic champion and feeling really fit and working out every day. And I'm just like, this is just on me. It just feels like this cover. Mm. So it's interesting how it just, it, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm allowing it. I'm, I'm in a process. I'm tired of fighting my body, you know? So it's like, it's just interesting how we sort of like handle something like the capacity that you have to even share openly about that on a podcast is in my opinion, handling it. It's like, and then, so then you, you, you come closer to 
gaining victory over it. But then you see what, at what cost, what else then fell out that now you have to sort of like level up on. And that's what I'm, that's how I'm starting to see this stuff rather than waiting for things to go away, waiting to get over something or get rid of something. It's like, you know what? This is just, this is how I came into the world. Some of this shizzle is not even going to ever go away. I'm just going to manage it, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a question about get getting back to what you were working on because I, I want to emphasize again, um, along with Money, a Love Story and the project that you guys are now working on. And you can find out more about that. And I'll I'll have you pitch pitch the locations and websites at the end. But um I want to know more about whether or not you're going to work with men and pursue that or who you're going to work with, because I think you're such a gifted coach and so intuitive. And I could see things coming to you in that intuitive way. Um, I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but like in the music business, you write a song, you know, I many times with an album, I picked the songs like this is going to be the one that everybody's going to love. This is going to be the one that a big artist will cut. And then no one pays attention to it. And then this one that you thought was just like a throwaway is the one that everybody loves. And same thing for me. I really want to teach spouses because I'm constantly doing my, proving my work to myself as a spouse. And I don't really attract spouses. I attract a lot of single girls. And I realized that I had an extreme growth curve and I'm attracting people who are also in the same willingness to grow. And so it's like, do are you in a space of allowing for having like thrown a few spaghetti noodles against the wall or whatever you call it and, and having it not work out? Are you open now to sort of still having a desire to work with men, but maybe handling it in a different way? Or where are you at with that? Because I could see you like, I really wanted Oliver to do your thing. I'm like, he's awesome. And, um, and I could see you working with groups of men just intuitively. Yeah. I don't know right now. Um, I'm going to men's group that I joined, you know, in October, I went to this group called sacred sons and that was all, that was like 450 dudes in the woods in North Carolina, which was amazing. Um, that was unbelievable. So it's like, why for me, I was like, why don't I just participate right now instead of having to like create something new. And I have a lot of dude friends down here in Miami. So there's a lot of man friends that I hang out with. I don't know. Right now I made a commitment to Kate. I'm just like, I'm in this with you in our company. Cause like we started this company 2013, 2012 together. And then I've been, you know, I'm still consulting for, for one-on-one clients if necessary, or they need help. I'll definitely still help them, but it's not a thing where it doesn't matter if they're man or woman, you know, at this or whatever gender you identify as. And it's it's like, I'm happy with that place right now. And I made a commitment to her where I was like, I'm in this with you. And from, we decided this in September until September, 2023, like we're all in and like, I'm all in with you. So like, let's get this sucker moving in the right direction and let's build it in a way where we both feel taken care of. We both feel head and showing up. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to be in the future. You know, like right now, I didn't really expect this to be doing what it's doing right. You know, it's like where we're at now we kind of knew this was, we were going to launch it right before I broke my leg, like literally the days we broke my leg and it forced us all to slow down. So there's a new thing on the horizon and what that is at this moment, I'm not sure. 
do I feel called to still work with men? Um, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I like it. I'm good at it. I can see through their BS. It's like, I can call them out on that. We have that place. I also can see that with women as I work with them on my, you know, and their businesses as well. Um, but right now it's like, just take care of the family, like take, bring it back home. What do we need to work on where it's here? And where do we need to go with this? So that's kind of what the dynamic exists now. Um, and we shall see. I don't know. I don't, what I learned is like, maybe I can participate, but I don't have to lead it. Like, I don't have to be the creator. And I feel like that was a big learning for me, for the men's. Like, I could easily coach inside of the Sacred Sons formula in the group, but they have their own formula and their own group and the way that they do it. Um, it's definitely something that I could easily fit myself into it to be in a leadership role inside of that organization. But it's just like, we'll see. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm not, I'm open to where, what comes next and where things go. I'm not like stuck onto one thing. Um, I definitely put some new opt-in together for my website. I want to be more creative there and where that leads, uh, we shall see, but I'm not hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not really tied into anything right now. I like it. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, if we take the 10,000 foot view and, and realize that we're all making a contribution to the collective, I think of what I'm doing, you know, I teach women who are dating to maintain their standards, to establish their standards, let me know what they are, and then I'll help you maintain them. And as a result, it causes a lot of men on these apps to level up, you know, they got to put a pair of pants on and walk out the door and meet, meet yeah. her, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's almost like you help me get my act together. I'm helping the women that come to me establish their standards. And together we're raising the vibration for men to become family men. I mean, we need family men. We really do. We need you, you are light to behold your leader and we need units to, because it's like handling what, what we're dealing with is, um, in society, economically, everything that's going on to, to handle it without family, it's really harder. It's like, I, we, yeah. it's, it's such a part of my mission is to celebrate, um, the fact that, um, people need each other and isolation is not empowerment for women. And, um, I don't consider a woman living alone progress. You know, well, I don't think isolation is good for anybody. And the data supports that, especially with men, you know, suicide rates, drug overdoses. It's like just drugs in general, addicted alcohol. Like it just, the data has been very hard with men. And it's like, we need to be around more men more than anything else. And we don't even know that we need to be around more men, you know? And so, yeah. and the way, what that looks like is so defeated from when we were kids and adults and sports and all that stuff and as we get older we are around our families more and we are in this place but that doesn't necessarily make us happier and so for for us you know it's like getting out and being around like the broness of being able to pick on each other in a way that's like fun and you know at the sacred sons events we're having boxing matches and punching each other in the face like i'm dead serious like i, I got punched in the face and i punched somebody else in the face Every time I got punched in the face is because I couldn't believe I punched this dude in the face. 
And, you know, like that physical movement and physical practices, and these were all variety. These are old men, young men, like teenagers, like all, all a range, but it was just the environment of being around other dudes. And it's like doing your own work. Like that's to me, it's like, if there's anything that could help the world, it's like when we get addicted to someone or we think someone is the, right. We all have different backgrounds. We've all, so let's just, we didn't say this yet, but it's like, Every single one person listening here grew up differently, came from different environments, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, right? Like we look at money, the way we're, money is very triggering. Like we're launching a course about money. It's very triggering. It like, everybody has the, oh, look at them. They're so, you know, it's like, we all have this look at them thing. And it's like, we don't, I don't know what it was like for people listening to grow up and how they grew up. And then they don't know how it was for me. I mean, I share, you know, stuff that I can but it's like all of the, and it's like, if we just work on those things as an individual and give the permission that it's there and in the dynamics that existed, I mean, the only reason Kate and I are still together is because we work on ourselves, right? It's like, yep. we, we, us. We're, we like have a connection still that exists between the two of us, but we're also working on our own shit, you know, individually. And then we're working on our couple shit. And so as that dynamic I'm so glad you said that. And I just want to, I just want to put a pin in that really quick and just emphasize that like you heard it here, ladies, because that that's the biggest thing with singles is like, I have to get to this thing so I can stop so I can rest. And while marriage is very wonderful and restful, and it's wonderful to have somebody with you on and get, getting your back, the game is the, the deal, not the game. The deal is the same. It's a game. Life is a game. <laughs> Well, life's a game, but the deal is the same, which is you got to work on yourself. If you want to have a good life, you got to work on yourself, whether you're married or single and it doesn't end because you find a partner. Yeah. Okay. Go on. No, it's like, even, you know, I have a, a friend of mine that does a lot of dating, like a lot. And so she puts herself out there a lot for this position. She does it for research. And she was like, guys have sent me dick pics that put their dicks next to everything right? It's a water bottle, a ruler, right? And I'm just like, for what? what? Like, yeah. So she's like, I don't know what else guys can put their dicks next to, to like send me what they measure up. She brings this upon, like she antagonizes this and wants it. Right. Yeah. And so it's all for research is what she ends up doing. Right. And so I'm just like, why, who cares? Right. It's like, even my physical therapist today is very, she has a lot of veins in her arms. Like, you know, when you see muscular people and they're low body fat and their veins are popping. Mm-hmm. vascular right and I was like god your veins are popping when she was working on my foot it was like the light where it was shining directly on her arms and she's like yeah she goes men get really insecure about it and I was like they'll send me pictures of their veins like when they're there and she was like what am I supposed to do with this so it's just like <laughs> the whole point of it is like if that's happening to you just like keep moving <laughs> right just keep going there's a cool. giant field of people that exist <laughs> in this world there's eight billion like if you get stuck on one dude sending you a dick pic like whatever. It's like, forget it, like move on. Right. So oh, that too. Yes. Do not get is, stuck on one. Yes. Because that's not your, like, it sucks to be in that situation. I emphasize with all the women that are in, on here because that are on these apps, because I know they're getting the downloads, a lot of them. And so I'm sorry that this exists and like men are doing this, but it's like, we're not in a partnership. It's, it's not an end destination, right? Yeah. Like our marriage is not an end destination. It is a, we are constantly working. We're constantly working through things. 
we're constantly evolving and we choose to either do it together. And if it's not working, we're going to go our separate ways. Like Kate and I have had a lot of conversations about this, like our marriage, like if we still like each other and polarity still exists and we're still attracted to each other, it's still worth it to put the effort in for this thing to work. Right. And if it's, if we don't want to, then we have a conversation to like separate. Right. But it's like, that's just, it's just reality. Right. And so we just are very practical about our dynamic that exists and we still want to work it together. You know, we're still mm-hmm. here. We're still committed to what exists. Mm-hmm. We still feel like the more work we do, Kate said the other day, she goes, they were joking right when I broke my knee or something. She said, I'm not leaving. Like we've done all this work in the last four years. I want to see the end results of this shit. You know, like yes. you've been sick. We- <laughs> you've had two broken bones. Like I'm not in this just for now. Like what is the end result of where we're going with all of this? And that is what it's about that. Because as I'm changing, she said something when I first broke my leg. This is like, I feel like we're in deja vu again because I broke my kneecap 18 months ago. I so know. we've been through this, right? And she said, I said, there's, there's two things that are the same from this dynamic. It's my knee brace is the same and my crutches. That's it. We're not the same people. We're not in the same yeah. house. We're not in the same dynamic. Like nothing is the same. And Kate said, we can choose. This is the fourth massive incident of illness that I've gone through. And it allow, it's either in four years. So she said to me, she goes, I think it's time we look at this differently, right? Like this is the fourth incident of us doing it. So we can either change this dynamic that we've been, this pattern that we've been messing around in and live a different way or repeat the same habits we've been doing. And Mike will like break his other leg in a year from now or some crap. So then we can learn it again. And I'm like, yeah. why don't we just fix it now? So I don't have to go through this because it's almost like the universe is delivering physical ailments to the masculine container in the house full of women to like change the dynamic that we're existing in. And so we can either start listening to that and change it, which we have been for the previous three times, but this is the one that's like, bam, yeah, change it. And then that'll end up rolling out whatever comes down the line. Um, in terms of what you guys were talking about, where she was like, you know, I'm not going to leave now. It's like, it's about keeping it interesting. And, and that's what I really believe in is like, you're either feeding or you're draining this entity that is your relationship. And it's going to be hard to get divorced if you're working on keeping it interesting, even in the event of super hard stuff, like what you're describing. Uh, I started laughing because I was remembering when we finished our renovation, which was such a difficult situation. It went on way too long. It was supposed to be done in February. It's done in October. It was really, really hard. My dad died. Lots of stuff happened. And when we were signing this like final paper of something financial, and we looked up at each other and said simultaneously to each other, you better not freaking leave me. And we started laughing so hard. And I think of it a little differently. Like I don't allow myself, I've already made a decision. Like I don't want to get divorced. I just don't. I got married when I was 40 years old. I, you know, I I, I don't want to get divorced. So I understand that like if it, that something extreme might shift that, but it would have to be really extreme. So everyone has a right to their own philosophy on how they handle their marriage. I think the, the similarity is it's our job to keep it interesting. It's our job to look at ourselves and yeah. do more. I mean, I can't control the future. 
right? Like I, it's like, yeah, I could put energy out there, but if it gets to a point where who knows, like, we don't know, you know, we don't, don't know. know. It's like, everything's changing on a constant basis. And so I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. I don't know I what's going to happen. Know. I know what I, now. yeah. 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 Nobody knows what's going to happen. You yeah. just have to know who you are and what you're in yeah. and what, you know, and I do believe in the power of commitment. I do believe in, in the power of going, you know, I I'm doing what I said I did. Yeah. And, and I've was, it was daunting as a new stepmom, but it was like, Whoa, to realize as someone who ran away a lot in my single life, it was pretty daunting to realize that the consequences for two little children would have been very extreme for me to just run away and not, not deal. So learning commitment and, and embracing commitment for me has been a to totally life-changing experience. I want to go back a little bit and ask you really quick, and I don't expect people to take more than an hour for me. So I know we're getting a little over, but let's just. Okay. I got like 10 more. Minutes. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. have this be the last question. Um, men on apps. Cause this is an eye opener for me. I ask people to send me screenshots in order to coach them in language and back and forth texting. I am. I, I cannot believe some of the men with some of their presumptive, their presumptive nature at times on apps and stuff. I, I think that the availability of porn, the constant connection, the constant feedback from a screen is eroding the masculine initiative. I think people like we, we have like an Amish house. We really do like what you described. It's not really our house, neither, but we don't have a lot on we don't have the TV on. We don't listen to a lot. We both walk with ear pods. Maybe we're going to listen to something then. The kids know that, you know, they, they have stuff in their rooms, but it's not really like in our main house. So I'm, and, and I'm realizing I have to orient myself to people being living in a, in a way that's different than me in order to sort of evaluate what these women are encountering on the apps. But so from my perspective, it seems to me that it, their initiative has been eroded by that constant, I don't even know what to call it, um, engagement. Um, do you think that's a, a possibility from your perspective? Whose initiative? Like men? Yes, like healthy masculine. Yeah, I don't really like, like I, I want to see you spent, in person. I mean, I did match.com, you know, a long time ago but it was kind of before apps, right? It was like on the phone. It was more, I had to go on the website. Me too. I haven't messed around too much with, actually I haven't messed around with any dating apps in the recent, you know, last decade. Cause I've been with Kate. Um, probably, you know, it's like the, it's like the paradox of choice. So I can send, I can be an asshole to, 10 women that are on these apps and like do all this stuff, but one of them will eventually say yes. And you just put massive quantity out there, right? Like I've heard good things about Bumble because, you know, the women are in charge more so than what the men can see. But I don't know. I mean, I just like the availability to information. I don't, we're not used to this as humans. So just like, let's step back a little bit to just, I mean, look at this. I can just show you my Instagram. This is every day every day. So let me find, oh, this is going to load, but this is what I see. Okay. So this is my wife, right? Like doing her little thing. Let me, I turned my camera off. Let me show so I can see it's right. It's like, she's here. 
She's like selling, you know, the Relax Money program. She's in like, it's sexy, it's burlesque approach, right? If I just scroll down, this is what I see every day. Whoops. And like, these are my reels. It's basically like softcore porn, right? And it's like every day. And now they're going to give them to me again because I just clicked on, right? And it's like, so you got to think like, you know, these women just like getting in a tub and it's just like. Oh, I just feel like. Right. So like, this is on Instagram, right? And so what happens is like, look at my, this is my my search page so it's just like of course you know you're you're like for those of you that are just listening because and by the way your your wife's ad is innocent she's dressed and she but she's being a little bit alluring being sensual and so because of that then the other out the algorithm then sends mike uh all these like naked not because of her just because naked. of the algorithm it's the algorithm. yeah it's like as we as men and what happens is your brain like you click on these things right and they click and so and just pump it more but it's like i don't follow it's very women that are not dressed in many clothes it's a lot of these women have only fan pages and so they're driving traffic to their only fan pages and it's like it's think about going to the beach and you see women in thongs and that's my entire instagram suggested reels that's happening on a daily basis so you think about like i'm aware that that is not my real life <laughs> like right. i'm a re uh, aware i might have a woman that looks like that right but like the reality is my real life is not 13 instagram reels of very fit you know women in very little clothes Like that is not what I walk into on a daily basis. So it plays tricks on your mind that that is what I'm striving for. It's the same thing with like fancy cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis. And so it builds it into the psyche that if I don't achieve a woman in very scandalous bikini, I'm a failure. And like, that's what I'm expecting women to show up in my life. Like I'm putting myself in in the mind of a single man, right? And so- I just want to emphasize that again, because that is so it it plays tricks on your mind that that is what you're looking for, that that's what you should have. Some kind of weird culture, culture capture in like a uh, value that, that was placed upon you that you don't actually nurture that might yeah. not come to you otherwise. It's just constantly pumped out. I mean, that's what social media is. So is the apps affecting it? Probably. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research on this. There's a lot of people that have, I've heard podcasts. I think Joe Rogan had some guy on that talked about this a lot. Um, I just remember him talking to, I'm sure Brene Brown's had a bunch of people that talked about this on her podcast and you just see it with everything. It's not just like sex and money and cards, but it's race and gender. And regardless of what news media were news outlet, we take in, we start to form these beliefs. Like we saw this in, you know, it's like everything happened with the financial, the pandemic, right? It's like all these people were shut down for saying some sort of view. Nine months later, some stuff they've said comes true, right? And like, what happens to all that? You know, it's like, where does that go? And then the reverse, like there's a lot of people that were saying a lot of things of stuff that wasn't true. 
And so then we start to believe this view. And I think with all of this, it's just, it comes back to like finding your own home base in all of this. Like mm -hmm. where is like the photo you have behind you? It's like the two people hugging is like a heart, right? Like where's my heart? And where does my heart fit into all of this? Is it cool to like see all these scantily clad women on my Instagram? Yeah, it's super dope, right? Like, of course. And it's just like, you go down Miami. I live in Miami. That's literally Miami. But is it more attractive to me to see a woman that's like wearing a slit? Like we went out to dinner the other day and the, the hostess have these really um, high slit dresses on, right? So it's like, that is more attractive to me to be like, ooh, the mystery, what's there? Versus like a woman that's butt is I'm looking at on my reel. To be like, that's the short-term gain of like, what is it called? The that chemical dopamine. It's like uh -huh. hits me there. But the scantily, or not the scantily, the long slit on a dress is like, oh, what's happening over there? Right. It's more, it like plays different games with your mind. And so we, you know, you just experience these things in the app. And it's like, what is that's where I'm talking about the addiction earlier. It's like, is an addiction to sit on the reels all day long? And look, yeah. Yeah. Like, could you, I could I spend hours just like looking at these women all day? Yes. But is that leading me down a path of like what I want to be in my life? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I'm really unplugged. I, I'm not on Instagram. I, I can't post on Instagram. I don't know why, um, but I just can't. I keep trying and I can't. It's probably because I got re removed from YouTube for one of my interviews last year. I don't know, but I can't post on Instagram. It's kind of like something, you know, that you got stopped. So somehow I got stopped there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I don't really post on YouTube anymore because I'm just posting within my membership and I'm not on Facebook. I haven't been for a long time, not on Twitter. So the cost is that I don't get to connect with family members and like see, see people's kids growing up and stuff like that. You know, I get like a text of that from people them. who know yeah. I'm not on. Yeah. So that's like, it's a, it's, it's a cost. I, I wish that I could see them easily and effortlessly, but the amount of satisfaction and relief and where I'm putting my time instead is, uh, so wonderful, um, that it's worth it. And so I, and also like my kid, like my kids at college and I don't, I'm not like, you know, I'm not in touch. My husband shares with me and shows me stuff on his Instagram. Um, but I get to text with him. Like I'm probably communicating mm -hmm. with him in a different way as a result of it. So it's allowing a contrast for me to where I'm realizing how it's getting, it feels like it's getting worse and worse. Like it's just going to blow up because there's no healthy suppression. There's no healthy shame. Like there are healthy versions yeah. of, of limitations and, and barriers and boundaries and like an old movie, you know, like where it's yeah, like, but that's why we're here to do our work. Yeah. That's it. You know, like that's the end. So it's everything stops with us. We're bringing it back to the fifties right now. Like what? It's, I don't want to go back to the fifties. Um, what was good about the fifties? No qualities. There are qualities. The qualities that we just mentioned were, were just exist. Yeah. I mean, that can go all the way back to the 1800s, the 1700s, the 1600s, the yes. 1400s. I mean, those qualities yes. live on, right? That's what it is. I don't want to go backwards. I want to evolve and move forward, you know, cause in the fifties people were segregated. They were limited into these boxes. They were put in this one thing. Right. And so it's like, no, 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 we're not going there where you like, let's evolve. No, I don't, don't want to go back to the, yeah. So I, I think with, with just us, 
it's like the only person that I, if we have little kids, it's a little different, right? But like literally on a day-to-day basis, what is, what can I control? It's like what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it. You know, and if I can control, what happened was I used to follow a lot of CrossFitters, CrossFitters and like bodybuilders and stuff and men and women. And I got on this algorithm, of all these women of like, that's how it all started. And then I, it won't go away. Right. And so it just like there. And so what, and then it was all these fitness people and then it just spawned in all these other women. And so it basically, for me, I'm just like, okay, I can either spend hours a day looking at this or I can just like do my thing and then get out. And that's it. That's the only person I can control here. And so it's not, I can't put blame on anyone else. And it's like, I can blame the algorithm, but I, if I want to blame the algorithm, I can just leave Instagram. If I want to complain about Instagram, I can just leave it. Right. That's my decision. If I want to stay, then like get your house in order. Right. It's like for me to get my house in order. That's it. That's like all that's, that's what we're here to do. Totally. And, and I want to clarify, like, I don't want to go back to the fifties either, but yeah, I think I understand you're talking of, about the values. Yeah. Yes. The, and a revival of, I'm talking about innocence. I'm talking about the willingness to preserve one's own innocence at any age, because you know that there is a, because it's a value to you in your partnership mm-hmm. as a leader to your children, as a model, masculine model to your feminine children or female children. It's like, the, the, I'm talking about just the purity, the innocence, the nuance, the waiting, the going, well, maybe, maybe I just need to listen more, or maybe this assumption isn't serving anyone. Like, it just seems like so much of our invisible realm has been eroded by imagery on screens. Right. But I also want to challenge that as like, what did that exist then? there's like a fantasy that says when there was less noise, things were quote unquote better. Well, right. And so I think that is a total fantasy, but if you now it's like, how do we do what you just described in the total world of chaos? Because you can't get away from it. So like, how do we, right. And so that's our job. It's like, how do you fit in a place of an environment that is constantly chaotic and the world is moving faster, it's pumped more information, things are there. And like, how do you find the peace? How do you find that quietness? This how do you find where, that connectedness? This is like, where you and I differ because I, I, you don't really- That's so not the only prop. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't think of evil as a construct or as a, like a, 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 in a different way than I do. I think more of that, I, I understand that it's not about like finding something that, um, we can find it at, regardless of what's going on. I think that when you have a burglar in your house yeah. who has a gun, you, it's not about managing how you're no. going to handle it and adjust to it. You you just want to get that evil out. And so yes. I think that- to I, it, I agree with that. We're, we're suffering a level of that. We are suffering a level of very nefarious intentions you know, people didn't create Facebook just so family members could connect. They literally created a, a neurological, they they scientifically decided and chose and made a way for people to stay on it, for them to stay on it, for them to have a hard time clicking the X and going back into the world with their family. And the I think it evolved into that, though. I don't believe that that's why it was started. It was started when I was in college. It was great. 
I don't think it's like, a why. No, I don't think it's a why, but I think it's a thing with random people, but then you get money involved in public shareholders and then you have to reduce a shareholder return and value and it gets into this whole other thing. Oh, and I but don't know. I think like, what you're describing is a component though. It's, what it's you're describing like are two different, two different things though. Cause like you have a traumatic experience of someone breaking into your house that needs to take action. Wait, 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 wait. let me finish and it'll be clarified yeah. because it's, I don't think that they set out, I agree. I think Facebook was a good thing that, and that there was a level of innocence to it. I mean, maybe the CIA created it so that they could track people. I don't know, but it's like, I think there was, I'm not saying that it was evil people started Facebook and now it's evil. I'm saying that there was an innocence to it. It's allowed people to come together. It made the, the world smaller. And, and in order to sell it, have it become the way that it's become where it was just like, it spread like wildfire. You can talk, you can listen to the people who actually worked on it and no longer do and say they created things that would be almost impossible to just X out of and come back into the room. So it's a, in, in almost all the different areas that we're talking about, there's a merging where there's an infiltration or there's a component of darkness and the only way to handle that is is to rid, I think, to rid with light, with innocence, with with standards that say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go for that. Like if you're being devoured by a, a social media app and you just stop using it, it has no hold over you or you use it consciously, it has no hold over you. So mm-hmm. like I'm constantly thinking about how I do not take suggestions and I tell the kids not to like don't forget why you went on YouTube and go right there. Don't go to all this other stuff that comes up that they show you. Use your mind, you know, and allow it. Then it becomes something that causes you to develop your mind rather than something that just devours you. And you just, you forgot what you were even looking for. Like, I agree with that. that It all can be used. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify. I don't think that it's like this evil thing. I think blanket mindset like that is, is not helpful. But I do think that to deny that there are evil components is is assistance with a sociopathic system. Assistance to a sociopathic mm-hmm. system. Like, like, oh, there are no weeds. There are no weeds in a garden full of oh, weeds. Oh, agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know. I agree with everything you said. I mean, we're speaking on the same, we're talking about the same thing. Okay. I just didn't want you to think that I was like, it's evil. Dr. Evil created Facebook. No, no, no. I don't. I, I, it's all, it's also like, you can choose to leave. You can right? choose like to you leave. can choose to leave in the woods and live by yourself and like, don't have internet and don't have TV and don't have anything and live a great life. So yep. I think a lot but of, it just comes back to the that. beginning of what we talked about. Like it's, it's, so we'll leave it at this. Cause I got to hop off, but yeah. it comes back to the masculine feminine energy structure. Like the Facebook land is all feminine chaos and it's just out there. And it's just like the weeds and you can get down the rabbit hole and all of that stuff. Emotional. You know, but what's your, what's your structure around it? Do you have structure? Do you have boundaries around it? Do you, are you taking care of it? It's the same with like dating or family. It's literally, you can apply it to everything. So yeah. I mean, the only way that this whole conversation started is because like I'm working on my boundaries on constantly and do I screw up for sure? Like, do I make bad decisions? Yeah. It, when I think back to getting on the bike, did I, why did I hop on a bike that day? Cause I wanted to get to work faster, but I really needed to slow down a little bit and take a break. I should have just walked. Right. And so 
it was a place where it's like, well, I can second guess myself and be like, oh, well, your body was saying walking and you chose to ride a bike and then you got hit by a car. Whatever. I can be lost in that land forever and feel bad about myself, but. No, it's just about the instruction. Yeah. And it's just like, what would have happened if I walked? Who knows? I might've made it there without getting hit by a car. I might've got hit by a car and actually died. You know, like, I don't know, but it's just one of those where it's like, what are the decisions we're choosing to make and having that ability to do it on a daily basis. So, yeah. And, and using your life, using the circumstances of your life and taking seriously the things that happen to you and going into a self-reflective mode and allowing that to then take you to the next um, great chapter is conscious living. And yeah. it's really awesome. And I always think the more catastrophic the event, having had a few of my own, um, like really big, huge demonstrations, like getting held up at gunpoint and having a car accident that could have killed me. And I walked away and those were all huge leaps for me to leap out of unconscious living. And so I commend you in using your life's experiences to be a victor. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. And thank you for your time today. And thank you for letting me um, talk to you and share my listeners, share you with my listeners, because I'm so grateful for the last, I mean, the last six months of my life have been totally different and it wouldn't be the way it is if I hadn't sought your guidance. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Until next time. Oh, wait, I almost forgot all the, the links to what you're working on, please share. Um, relaxedmoney.com is kind of where you want to go to find out the program we're there. And if you want um, con- like business consulting, I help small business owners establish boundaries, basically. And we work through their stuff, everything we talked about here today and put systems and structures into place. So you can just email me, mike at mikejwatts.com because my website, it, I took it down. <laughs> Mike at Mike, Mike Yeah, Mike at Mike J. Watts. I took it down because I'm like, I got new branding and I was like, I'm just going to take the whole thing down. Yeah. So usually I wouldn't do it that extreme, but basically that's where it is. Um, so Mike at Mike J. Watts.com for 101, but relaxed money if you feel called to do that. There's also the VIP option is there um, for, you know, it's like higher work with Kate and myself. So small group program. Awesome. I'll put all that in the info. Thank okay, you, Mike thank Watts. You. I'll see you later. See you later. Until next time, Amy. Until next time. Cheers. And to you.